Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Block here on Boss Rush Games. This is episode 221. I'm your host, that pressure code, Eddie B. Joining me is the Celestial Brush herself, Mr. Celeste Roberts. Hey, good evening everybody. He is the indie insider, Mr. Dan Murphy. Hey Ed, how you doing? I'm doing great. And the devastating dungeoneer himself, Mr. David Lackey. Happy Monday, everybody. We're going to get to some good old housekeeping. Uh, this is episode 221 of the Nintendo Power Block Podcast. Each and every week, we come together to talk about games and everything we love about them with our friends. You can join us live on Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash Live and be a part of the conversation. But if you can't join us live, no big deal. You can head over to youtube.com slash Games and bossrushgames.com to watch the show or listen on your podcast service of choice. We want to subscribe, follow, rate and review wherever you consume us. It helps us out with discoverability and check out our familiar shows wherever you listen to your podcast and everybody, we want you guys to go to watchrushgames.com or our YouTube page and check out the new podcast Benny Books or um, is it Benny or or is it Benny Books? Uh, I think it's just banned because we're going to discuss all kind of controversial media Okay, then yeah, everybody check out Ben. The first episode is up there. Talk to uh, Celeste, Dan, and David. They talked about some banned books and why they've been banned, and it's a great discussion. You guys are definitely going to enjoy it. I promoted you guys. I'm so happy that you guys are doing this, um, going out, and there's going to be more shows, uh, part of Boss Rush Games that you guys will be able to check, part of our expansion pass line of shows. Um, but with that, we're going to jump into Snack Tendo. And Celeste, I'm going to start with you because you you got some good snacks going on. You were talking about uh, Dairy Queen Blizzards, and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I know, and we don't have a Dairy Queen anymore. Um, my boyfriend and I to eat some ramen on Saturday just outside of New Orleans. I had spicy tonkatsu ramen, and he had the regular tonkatsu ramen. And we went to an Asian grocery store where I picked up some nori maki arari rice cracker with seaweed. I love these. So good. Ooh, yes. Very crunchy and delicious. Yes. Uh, Dan, what you do for snack tit, though? Um, you know, I'm going to just keep it simple. I had brownies tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, like, it's so simple. I just love those things. All right. Uh, what about you, David? Well, we've been we've been trying to do you know sort of holiday related things for my two kids because they get really into celebrating, and and so our commitment for November was to make cider from scratch and then make caramel apples. So this last weekend we made uh, caramel apples uh, with the kids, and you know I, I kind of decorated and built my own. So I had a a lot of crushed nuts and chocolate and then for yeah. kind of like a little burst of flavor i had sour patch kids on there which you know is kind of a childhood favorite so that that was good i, I didn't realize how much sugar caramel apples are but like by the time i, I only ate half, <laughs> and I was like, that's it <laughs> so it's just having a little apple with your sugar right it was <laughs> it was good you know i mean and the kids have fun so that's awesome how'd the cider come out we're, we're going to actually have to do that one next weekend because it just took too long with the caramel apples. But that's the one I'm excited about. So. I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, uh, I think mine's going to be quick also. So I did get some from work, uh, some uh, 
Mellow Cream Pumpkins. Uh, got those. I couldn't get candy corn. They were all, all our candy corn were sold out. I have some combos. Buffalo blue cheese. Uh, and some spicy honey mustard combos. Those are so good. Yeah. Oh, and uh, some uh, seven-layer dip combos also that I got from the grocery store. So I can't wait to uh, try all of that. Um, but that's pretty much what I stacked on. And then I had like a Philly uh, cheesesteak sandwich um, and uh, a, a drink, I should say. <laughs> a strawberry daiquiri, <laughs> I should oh. say, that I had. Uh, just relaxing, had, had a good thing. So, everybody, that has been our Snack Tendo. But we're going to jump into our Game Fact events. And on this one, David is going to talk about a Game Boy Fact. I mean, a Game Fact events. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Ed. Yeah, it, this time uh, I picked one that was a childhood favorite of mine for the SNES, which was Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball. Um, came out in 1994, and some of the hallmarks of the game, uh, you know, during that time period, we, you know, we last week we talked about High Score, the documentary, and one of the things they talk about in High Score was that Sega made its market on doing realistic sports games, and that that's the way they tried to out one of their pillars for outcompeting Nintendo. And so Nintendo was really in need of a good sports game, and they they kind of took another approach. Instead of having the the hyper realism, mm -hmm. they went for a more arcade style game, and it's just really fun. It's just read and react uh, baseball with all sorts of you know crazy reactions from guys breaking bats when they strike out and yelling at the umpire. And uh, it was also one of the early games uh, where you could rename everybody on the roster. So interestingly enough. Um, Nintendo had rights with Major League Baseball to produce the teams in the stadium, but they didn't have rights from the Players Association. So each team actually had a separate theme. So for example, the Seattle Mariners were all names from people who worked at Nintendo of America. Uh, and the uh, California Angels were uh, all Hollywood actors. And so they had sort of regional themes for each team, but they correspond to the real players. And so a lot of people would go in uh, and change that. And I, I did have one little thing I wanted to read. This is from um, this is from usgamer.net, and it's one of the editors there in 2019, uh, Kat Bailey. And this is what she said: um, Nintendo originally purchased a majority share in the Seattle Mariners as a way to give back to the community. At the time, the Mariners were a poor team in a bad stadium situation, and rumors persisted that they would be moving. Then Senator Slade Gordon approached Nintendo and a number of other local businesses about the possibility of finding a Japanese shareholder, and Nintendo decided to just buy it themselves. And one interesting little piece of history with that, initially Major League Baseball actually fought Nintendo, uh, largely because they, you know, xenophobia, basically. They just didn't want mm -hmm. non-North American owners. There was real fear of having Japanese owners, but ultimately, Nintendo is so wide, widely popular uh, that they won out and they took over. And Howard Lincoln, who was helping run Nintendo at the time, eventually became a CEO at the Mariners. And the rest is history. We got King Griffey Jr. Baseball. Oh, wow. wow that's yes. awesome. Now, does, do they still have um, some ownership in the Mariners? 
So I think it was, I want to say it was 2013 or 2015. It was somewhat recently. Um, they did finally sell their shares. So I think they maintain a 10% ownership. But for Nintendo, it was never about baseball. It was always about giving back to the community that had you know, helped them prosper so much. Nintendo's North American headquarters is located in Redmond, Washington. Um, and so they wanted to give back to the area. Um, and at one point you could, when the Nintendo DS was in its heyday, you could take your DS to the park and order food through your Nintendo DS and they would be brought to your seat, which was really cool. What? That's crazy. Huh. Yes. I wonder if, um, so the Jap, so the Seattle Mariners were the first team to sign someone straight off of a Japan, uh, roster, Ichiro mm-hmm. Suzuki. So I wonder if that, um, you know, Nintendo being Nintendo being part owners had something to do with that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he was the first position player uh, to come over from Japan. There had been a few pitchers uh, before him, but uh, and absolutely um, the connection with Nintendo was a big part of that. That's really cool. Yes, oh, I remember playing that game back in the day. It was kind of, it was kind of fun. Uh, uh, and they, al- they also had NCAA basketball um, on Super Nintendo where it the screen was blue and it was switched from one side to the other. It kind of made me dizzy at times. I was like, yeah. oh no. I mean, growing up, I played baseball my whole life. I played in college, high school, everything. Um, and Ken Griffey Jr. baseball was like my absolute favorite. Um, I actually played as the Mariners all the time too because I loved Ken Griffey Jr. Um, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, him and his dad hit back-to-back home runs in a game one year the guy played with his dad isn't that crazy yeah. oh wow that's cool so yeah. everybody that has been our game fact events so we now it's about to get into femi news and no boy do we got some news for you guys um seems that the switch version of ubisoft's prince of persia remake has resurfaced online uh i just I, I was ready to leave and go to the gas station and get a fudge cake. I can't with this. They got to make up their mind. But what did you guys think? They they said that it wasn't coming to Switch. They've been working on the Xbox One, the PS4 version, and no mission of Switch has came. But it seems that there's a possibility it might happen. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Did you ever, in fact, did you guys ever play it back on the GameCube or PS2 or Xbox? No, I, I wanted to, so it would be convenient if I could play it on Switch now. Okay. What Same. about you, David? Yeah, you know, I, that's one I never really played, but I, I, like Celeste said, I would definitely be open to, you know, anything they want to port over to Switch, I'm, I'm all for it. I love the game library, so. Dan? I'm... I was literally just going to mimic what David said. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just playing a game of telephone. Over here. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually did have this game for the GameCube. Um, and then I ended up because I couldn't find the other two games for it. So I had to get it for Xbox because uh, there's like $10 like for each used copy. Uh, I remember buying it for GameCube and then getting split to sale for free for GameCube at GameStop. Uh and I it's a good it's a good game, I say. Um kind of fun. I think if it does come to Switch, um hopefully they are improving the graphics because the first reveal of this game didn't look so good. Um 
But if they can't, you know, make it look better and really deliver an experience, and the game is great. It's a fun story. It has a little bit of a twist. Uh, the platforming and the puzzles and jumping is it really made like platform. It took platform to another level. Um, of course, you got the wall running and the slow motion, and definitely do a uh, time rewind for this game. It's just it's such a great game. So yeah, I would like to see it for Switch, but I'm not holding my breath. I you know, we'll, we're getting Immortals Phoenix Rising next month, and I guess we're, I'll focus playing that. Um, and if they decide to bring it out for Switch, I'll get it when it's ready? Question mark? Does so. the movie hold up to the game? Oh, no. The mo- <laughs> I didn't think oh, so. <laughs> I, so the, <laughs> if you have trouble sleeping, pop in that movie and watch it for <laughs> 10 minutes. You'll be knocked out. It's it, it's, it's one of Disney's worst adaptations of a movie, of a video game. Because uh, I, I ended up falling asleep. I think it was Jake Gyllenhaal. I th- mm-hmm. I th- yeah. I think he played it, the prince. Yeah. I, I was bored. I fell asleep in my chair. And I rented that movie from the Red Box. So... <laughs> <laughs> And sometime we're going to have to have a conversation on here about the best, worst adaptions of video games because uh, <laughs> I got my money on Super Mario Bros. Uh, I would go... Uh, there's between House of the Dead and Alone in the Dark. Uh, most of the stuff that Ubi Bo touched has been terrible. <laughs> so... Super Mario Brothers, I will probably I haven't watched it, so I would I would probably give it a pass. Double Dragon, I would give a pass. That that's camp fun. Um with the and Super Mario Brothers might be camp fun, but I uh, yeah, anything Ubi Bowl touch, touch like postal and stuff, those movies are terrible. <laughs> I feel like so. the Super Mario Brothers movie scarred Nintendo from ever doing anything <laughs> like that again. Like we haven't seen sure. anything like that in almost I think 30 that's years. What- I think that's exactly right, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Do we count I, Detective Pikachu? Oh, that one no. was cute. Yeah, I loved Detective good. Pikachu. That was a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't wait for that movie to come out so I could go watch it. I I literally felt like a little kid and just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's so good. Um, I still haven't seen the Sign of the Hedgehog movie. Or it's anything. all right. Okay. I took my little godsons. Their reactions were worth it their excitement but uh, well i don't want to spoil the ending because let me just put it this way there is definitely going to be a sequel yeah are your uh are are your nephews like sonic fans are they is sonic kind of popular now this that was the thing that confused me with the sonic movie because i felt like it's just kind of people our age that really like sonic growing up with it on genesis um so you know i didn't know if it if kids are into this well my sisters and i have a lot of the sonic games on gamecube and whenever they go over to my our our parents house they play the sonic games and they also have a lot of sonic cartoons on netflix Mm -hmm. so that could be a big help in that way so they they love sonic they they love watching us play our old retro games so I love yeah, the old Sonic cartoon. Yeah, with yeah. Steve Urkel. <laughs> yeah, I used to come yeah. up from school and watch that. Yes. 
it, it was it was weird though because they did two of them with them. They did uh, ABC had a different one, then uh, UPN uh, had a different one. So because uh, there was one that he was in the forest, and then he had two other people with them. They were like a band. Yeah, they had they had these different forest creatures, like a, a bunny, half bunny, half robot. They had Sally. They had this fox that wasn't tails. This fancy captain like guy. You know who I'm talking about? That's when you said forest. That's when it clicked with yeah. you. Yeah. And then they had the it. one that where the chili cheese dogs <laughs> were <laughs> prevalent. <laughs> yeah, they had the anime one mm-hmm. uh, with it. So. Um, yeah, like Sonic is Sonic. I know Sonic back in the Genesis days had a big community, um, and still to this day they they have a big community because when they came to GameCube, people were buying a lot of those copies. Sonic was easily hitting like one to two million in sales uh, for it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they used to have comics through the Archie brand too. Oh, yeah, yeah I, are, did they stop that one or is it still going? I mean, sometimes I still see the Archie comics at stores, but I don't know about the Sonic one. And then, of course, you had Sabrina, Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know about Sonic. That's a good question. I I, I think he's flying solo now. I don't know if he's still connected to the Archie brand. Uh, I love Josie and the Pussycats. Mm-hmm. I love that cartoon back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never got to see the movie. Uh, <sighs> But, the soundtrack is a bop. <laughs> I, everybody keeps saying that. They it's say, so like, good. Like, uh, I, I, I saw I saw Jim in uh, the movie because I'm a big fan of Jim, uh, the cartoon. And I didn't think the movie was bad of Jim. Some people just didn't like it. Uh, I didn't see the movie, but I, I used to watch the show. Uh, that was... Uh, Ah, such a good, such a good show. Such so many good songs on Jim. Uh, any other thing, like any other movie or cartoons you guys have, or anything? I was obsessed on Sundays. I would watch the Mortal Kombat cartoon and the Street Fighter cartoon. Ah, USA Network. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and I will never forget how Mortal Kombat would try to instill lessons for kids in it. And it's a very violent, bloody video <laughs> game. Like there was one episode where Jax has a heart to heart with Sonya about how he used to be overweight and he doesn't like that she calls him bubble butt. And this really dramatic, sappy music starts playing about how he was picked on as a kid. And it's a great message, but it's hard to take seriously because these are the same characters who rip each other's hearts out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because they had a uh, TV sitcom of Mortal Kombat. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, and, the live uh, action one? Yes. Th- mm-hmm. Those fight scenes were so good, too. <laughs> and everything. But, you guys, we're going to move on because uh, this is so much sadness to happen. Mass Effect Legendary Edition isn't coming to Switch. And I guess we could spend our $60 on something else that month in March. Yes, they announced Mass Effect uh, uh, Legendary Edition, which is the trilogy of Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. It's getting remastered, coming for Xbox One, PS4, and PC, and they're going to have Series X and PS5 enhancements. But apparently Switch is not getting it. Um, 
we did a history of Mass Effect for Boss Rush podcast, and this kind of hurts me. It, you know, this saddens me because I'm just like everybody's been wanting this game on Switch. They a lot of people are just like we want a remaster, but because of the popularity of Switch, everybody wanted for that system, and it's not happening. And so I I kind of feel, and you guys see me tweet about this or uh, put this in the chat, that I, I feel like Nintendo and EA need to just end their business relationship because I don't think EA is going to ever give them their best or give them their interest. Uh, but what are your thoughts about it? I'm going to take the total opposite approach of you and still be hopeful. Now, I think that Nintendo is going to... I think we're going to see a like Switch Pro or Switch Advance come mm-hmm. March or April next year. And nobody wants to announce any of their games that are coming towards that. So if this game is coming out in March, we could see it on the Switch Pro, but they're just not announcing it because the Switch Pro hasn't been announced. See where I'm getting at? But even though that we got Super Mario 3D World coming in February and another... That's coming to the current Switch. I'm saying this one might be on the Switch Pro, but since the Pro hasn't been announced, they're never going to announce a game that goes on it. Get what I'm saying? But... When did you think Nintendo would announce a Pro? Because they just can't announce a Pro just like that in a month and then be like, oh, Mass Effect is attached to it. I think I think it's coming in March. Um, it Because we have a lot of these limited editions that are ending in March. There's mm-hmm. It seems like March is a big turnover point. And I think the way they're going to distribute games online is going to be a little different when the Pro comes as well. Um, but again, this is all just speculation out of me. So I'm just saying I'm staying hopeful for Mass Effect to come to Switch. It's not going to come to our hybrid Switches. It's going to come to our Switch Pro. That's we, what we, I think. We got the Game Awards at the end of the year, right? So it's like maybe that would be an ideal time for Nintendo to, to launch the Switch Pro uh, announcements. Yeah, and we haven't seen a first-party Nintendo Direct all year. And all of the third-party Directs are done, so... There's 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 hope, Ed. There's hope. We don't need to cut ties with EA just yet. <laughs> Ed's ready to get rid of them. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. Uh, because there's, I, like, I... This this is the thing that I felt like. EA pushing Apex Legend for Switch. You know, it came out for Steam, and it, um, and the way that they just treated FIFA, like FIFA 20... FIFA 21 is the same game since FIFA 16 or 17 years back. It's like it's the same game that they have done and just updated a little bit here and there. So they kind of cheated it out, Nintendo out. And of course, we get in all of these ports, but it's just like, why are we getting, why are we getting, I understand the ports. Okay, that's fine. But why does it feel like, we get the idea that you don't care about the system. Is it because they don't make you that money that you so deserve need? Or um, you think that you you don't want to risk it or anything. You rather put yourself put something out that's going to make you guys money. And you believe that you're going to do that on Xbox or PlayStation and PC. You know? Because I'm like, I would love that um that Steven Spielberg game, um uh blocks something that was on Wii. That was a big hit from EA. Um, Robot blocks? 
Um, no, not Rubber Blocks. It was a block game that Steven Spielberg made um, for Wii. Um, and it was a it was a really big title, and it sold well. And EA delivered, you know, EA sold it. I mean, published it, but it was just like, what happened to that kind of creativity and ideas from EA to put on Nintendo platform? You know, because we got cheated out for Wii U. We got we got Madden and we got Mass Effect three, and that was I think that was the only two games that we got for EA for Wii U, and then they bounced. So, I I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think they should keep their business relationship with EA? I don't see why not. It's a loaded Maybe question. Sure, uh, <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I'm not privy to their financials with EA so it's hard for me to cut them off or hold them or hold on to them I I do think I mean I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about sales and stuff later in the show but I, I feel like Nintendo is dominating right now in a lot of ways and it just seems crazy to me that EA wouldn't want to go all in on the switch right like it mm-hmm. you're what do you have to lose? You, you have such a great market. I, I, that's, I don't know. That's my two cents on that. <laughs> I, I mean, the caring has to be mutual too, though, right? And I think Nintendo has never really showed um, a lot of love towards sports games or, you know, a lot of EA games are geared towards online gaming and microtransactions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, you know, Switches online, they, they can't really hold up with, madden you know what i mean or 2k um so i i mean i just like i don't think it should end but i just don't think the puzzle pieces fit with these two companies well did you see it kind of weird and we'll get to the last story do you see it kind of weird that nintendo and bethesda had a good relationship um and I don't know what the relationship now since Microsoft bought them, but how Bethesda Nintendo was working out with stuff like how Skyrim was doing, how Doom was doing. We're still waiting for Doom Eternal. Um, how how it kind of felt like Bethesda putting games on a Nintendo platform that they were really selling. Um, even with CD CD Project Red, who knew that they would put The Witcher Three on Nintendo on a Switch? And it's so like crazy and. Th- um, CD Projekt Red came up and be like, yeah, we were very successful and surprised. Now, I can understand them not putting a CD uh, um, Cyberpunk on it, but like I said, if if there's a cloud version of Cyberpunk that comes to Switch and it does well, like, there's something about when other companies do take a risk on Nintendo and they are rewarded, why companies who won't take a risk on it uh, try to get be a part of that reward? You know? Right. could I just really quick add, uh, I think Dan brings up a really interesting point about the microtransactions. That that does seem to be countercultural for Nintendo. I, I think if you look at what Nintendo's MO has been is they tend to try and take care of uh, their consumers. If you look at like the Breath of the Wild expansion pack, two full expansion packs together for $19.99. Other companies aren't doing that, right? They're breaking it down and charging you for all these little extras. Nintendo just mm-hmm. threw together uh and took care of zelda fans and and i do wonder how how much that culture of microtransactions that ea has is just counter to what nintendo is all about yeah and nintendo has did the 
free to play model as they call it free to start on a lot of 3ds stuff um even like one of the Kirby games uh fighting games that's on switch like you get free to start and then if you want more it's up to you if you want to buy it or not you don't have to buy it you can still just play the game like the way that it is you yeah. know um if nintendo was going to do dlc or microtransactions it's going to be the stuff that you did for the 3ds with themes the background themes or the music and stuff like that like i love the uh my uh smash brother background theme like i paid the three dollars to get it i did it for uh a link between worlds like i paid the two dollars and fifty cent like i would do that for switch if they <laughs> if nintendo would do that so i got some cool backgrounds and i think nintendo when they're thinking of a business sense and DLC or even microtransactions, they keep it to a bare minimum. They don't like oversell you and make you feel like you, or make you feel like you need to have this or anything. Um, So, I mean, there's also the point too, that um, the development is different for Nintendo switch when it comes to like the same games, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like FIFA is FIFA on PlayStation and Xbox, since they still, they have the same kind of graphical capabilities. It's almost going to be the same development. Whereas once you go to switch, you have so many limitations that you have to tone things down and basically bring a new game. Now I would say most switch owners own another system. So if Mm -hmm. I have the choice of, buying fifa on my playstation or buying fifa on my switch i'm gonna buy it on playstation and i think ea sees that as well so they cut their costs on development when um with a lot of these other games like you're never gonna see madden on switch um so i think they just kind of cut costs with their development and they try to pick their spots with what's gonna sell on the switch and what's not and yeah it's a great point well yeah and i think some people will probably will wait to be like yeah we'll we'll buy it on the other consoles but uh ea need to get their online for their sports games together because it's still problematic so regardless they put it on switch or not your online service for these sports games needs to be fixed oh yeah i have really uh, good i have really good wi-fi in my house and uh my madden game still crashes when i play with other people online wow what happened, Celeste? No, the Madden res- remark that oh. you just made. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mess. So we're going to get into our final news point. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is the best selling in the series, selling 3 million copies, a house many of us happily love to be a part of. So it was... Um, there was some kind of controversy a little bit where they... well. The Avengers didn't sold three million, and they lost a lot of money. Where Nintendo sold three million, and they received money. <laughs> you know, they had good revenue. Uh, but what did you guys think of this? Like, this is the best selling in the series, and I know Fire Emblem started as a niche game in here in America, but it was big in Japan. Um, and we didn't start seeing them until I think the Game Boy, no, until I think Nintendo DS, we weren't getting these games. I think it was um, GameCube, the Fire of Radiance was our first one. The one for Game Boy Advance was our first one. The, uh, oh, was it? In 2003. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that one was like gold and blue, right? Uh, no. I think, I think so. It had Lucia and this redhead guy. <laughs> 
it wasn't Roy. Roy. It wasn't. It wasn't Roy. I thought it was Roy when I when I bought it, but no, it was Ike? um. Ah, uh, no, Ike is uh, Radiance, I believe. Yeah. yeah. That, okay. that, um, oh gosh, I don't remember the guy's name. It's been seventeen years <laughs> since I played it, <laughs> but that I, I was excited to play it because I had played as Roy and Marth in Melee. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Well, what, what did you guys think? Is this a good thing to celebrate uh, that this finally happened? I actually thought Awakening was the biggest seller. I thought they like really sold a lot after Awakening. Um, but what are your guys' thoughts? Um, I I was I I thought it sold more, <laughs> but. Um, you know, I think this is a great instance of Smash Brothers advertisement working. <laughs> I think a lot of people bought Fire Emblem because they knew the Smash characters and finally wanted to try a game on um, a system that was selling so well. Um, my point, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. I loved all the Fire Emblem games I played, and I, I hope people keep catching on and keep playing this one. Uh, what about you, Celeste? I haven't played it yet, so <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to get it when it goes on sale for um, the week of Thanksgiving, like Josh was talking about. I didn't realize it was going to go down to $30, so I'm hoping to snag a copy. Okay. Uh, what about you, uh, David? Well, I was one of those people Dan was talking about where, I, I mean, I love Smash Brothers, and so I finally decided to give it a try uh, and bought three houses, and, you know, it... It was okay. It didn't hold my attention. And I had so many other games on my library that I ended up shifting over to that. I think I need to give it another try because I've heard from a lot of people that when you go back and try again, that once you kind of understand the mechanics of the game, that it's a lot more fun. So uh, I think I put like maybe 10 hours in um, and I, I need to give it another shot. So I was one of those people. I really, I, I didn't catch my attention the first time I played it, and then I didn't pick it up again for six months, and now I just can't stop. <laughs> I know. I think you go to bed with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like your bedtime story. Is yeah, probably. Viral. There's nothing wrong with that. I just, I know you talk about it a lot, and I, I meant to tag you and Ed, but I just tweeted about it that the Yeti has a cool Fire Emblem shirt on sale today. Oh, cool! Ooh, yes, should nice. check that out. Yeah, it's it's on my it's on my feed. I, I I tweeted it and I forgot to tag you guys. I'm gonna find it and send it to you. My Fire Emblem Three Houses ended up getting canceled. I had the collector's edition, so I had paid the was it? I think it was eighty or hundred some dollars, and I had to get my money refunded because Amazon did not deliver my package to me. And or someone else has my copy, and I'm just like, uh, what's going on? So I ended up getting uh, Link's Awakening and Astral Chain for it. So, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I love Link's Awakening. If you have not finished Link's Awakening, I, I don't know what to say. It's like it. I still feel like I think it was last year. I still feel like that September was bonkers. Like, how did you go from? Fire from what I think Mario Maker 2 to Ultimate Alliance to Fire Emblem, uh, Astro Chain, and then Link's Awakening, and then in October, Luigi's Mansion on top of Damon oh. X Machina and Dragon Quest, and then and they finish with Pokemon <laughs> exactly <laughs> like 
That was literally about six hundred plus some dollars, <laughs> and, and I spent all of that money. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I bought the for Pokemon. I bought the whole collection, the hundred twenty dollar one uh, for Target. Have uh, you played the DLC? I have to buy it. Okay. I, I, so I'm I'm intrigued to buy. I was spending about six seven hours at night playing Pokemon. I would I would get home like at nine and didn't realize that it's like four o'clock in the morning and <laughs> be like I need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, congratulations to Nintendo. I kind of I still want a uh, code name uh, Steam on Switch. I kind of want to give that game a try. And I wonder how that would do on Switch. Which game? Codename Steam. Never heard of it. Is that the really? strategy, like turn strategy game? Yeah, yeah. with Abraham Lincoln. I have Abraham, that on the DS. Yes, with Abraham Lincoln and everything. <laughs> it's it's really pretty good. It's funny. Because uh, it's, it's from, uh, uh, I think... The people who I think it's from the team who does the events game, the events wars game. Uh, um, is that based it? off that cartoon show on Cartoon Network? Was that no? Uh-uh. no? It was it was a new IP that Nintendo did, and they put it on the 3DS or the DS or the 3DS. They put it on it the DS. Game. Yeah, and also though, it, it's pretty similar to Rabbids, right? So yes, it's like they just invested themselves there. Yes. So, well, everybody, that was our family news. It's time now for us to strap in and to get into some of our Doc Mode discussion. Well, this, this section is called Doc Mode. Um, as Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is a week away from us, uh, we wonder what the sales numbers would be. Seeing all the first party sale numbers, let's discuss why Nintendo games sell so well. So, Dan, you have the numbers for these uh, games. Um, what did you guys think uh, about these numbers? Um, yeah, so Nintendo just released their uh, quarterly sales wraps. And, um, I mean, there was some pretty impressive takeaways from it. I think, um, you know, I think Nintendo used to be, you know, a few years ago even. I think Nintendo used to be more of a niche uh, gaming thing, uh, gaming console for everybody. But after looking at these numbers, I mean, we're talking Animal Crossing has come up big and is sold really well. Um, the fact that, you know, Switch has almost sold 70 million units hardware. I think Nintendo is finally asserted itself as a mainline console and um it's not so niche or it's not so uncommon to have a switch at your house so um you know some i in my opinion one of the biggest takeaways is that the switch is pushing 70 million units worldwide yes uh, what about you david um, yeah, I, I had a couple thoughts, and uh, sorry about my my house phone going off there. <laughs> um, it's one of those days. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I noticed that um, the Ring Fit Adventures sold over three million copies, and I just I keep thinking about when this pandemic hit, how much people turned to Nintendo and to Switch. 
um, to have escape and relief. You know, whether we're talking about Animal Crossing or uh, Ring Fit as a way to stay fit in kind of this, you know, limited space of not being able to go out and not being able to go to the gym. And Nintendo's business model just seemed to work so well with being out of the box uh, with quarantine. They were really hard to find uh, yeah. for uh, yeah. a good, like, two months i don't think nintendo expected people to get all over ring fit adventure well it was the fact that a lot of gyms closed so they had no choice but to find some way to get some exercise and you know if you're going to be in quarantine stuck in the house uh why not play a nintendo game why not get this kind of thing that's going to make you feel like you could still do exercise and be fit and everything. Um, so, but what about you, Celeste? Like David was saying at the beginning of quarantine, when people were looking for things to do, especially if they were furloughed, laid off, they were had the kids at home more, they needed this entertainment. And Nintendo is so approachable. It has a little bit of something for everyone. Sure, it doesn't have as many mature titles, or and it doesn't have titles like Mass Effect, yet according to dan <laughs> I, I i i'm optimistic um i mean with animal crossing it came out at a perfect time it's it's truly an escape you are escaping to this little virtual island you can play with your friends you can have fun and then things like mario kart and you can play that online with your friends you can, with the nintendo voice chat which i personally i would rather just use discord or call somebody because the, the voice chat is kind of unreliable at times just these classic games and you're you know you, you mentioned ed or or post posed the question how does Nintendo keep doing so well it has amazing ips it has it has something for everyone my great grandma used to play duck hunt and would get a kick out of shooting the little gun and that just that's so innovative that this 80 something year old woman at the time <laughs> was so in, taken in by video games. Yeah, uh, my mom, she's a Mario. Uh, <laughs> she loves Mario. Anytime Mario comes out, she has to have it. She got to play it. So um, she plays too? Yep, she That's plays great. too. She, Celeste, she will be like your best friend in Animal Crossing because she'll have her she'll have her whole house paid off within three weeks. Um, she'll wow. have a whole yes. garden like she's dedicated, and then she'll be like, "Oh, I don't like this. I'm gonna go get some." And yeah, she'll change it like she knows how to manage her bills and everything. I'm just like, how in the world do you got 40 million bills in your account? <laughs> She's just like, I don't know. I've just been playing the game. I've been saving. I'm just like, my mom's know how to microwave <laughs> this game. Um, definitely, you know, looking at Mario Kart 8, uh, from it selling big on Wii till it's still selling on Switch and the numbers going up, it it boggles my mind that um, we talked about attached rates to games. Like when you buy, uh, like to systems, like when you buy a new system, there's a particular game that get attached to it. And at first when Switch came out, it was uh, Breath of the Wild. And then Mario Kart 8 came out and so people were getting Zelda and Mario Kart. And it just feels like right now there are a whole bunch of first party games that people are catching up on. And everything and, and seeing how great these games are, you know, they, they might not get 
uh, Game of the Year recognition for some of them, but it's there's something about the name. She's like, I got these games with my Switch, or I've seen this trailer and I've been sold on it, or a new character in Smash is getting revealed, so I gotta have this. You know what? I, I, I like they got my favorite game in there. Let me go pick up a Switch and then go get that game. Um, and with Nintendo, their their first party, I still think that Nintendo Direct sells their game so well. And if they don't have a Nintendo Direct and they put out a commercial out, that game does great too. Mario Party or Origami King. The moment I seen it, I'm like, I have to have this. Like, <laughs> like it's it's crazy. The same thing with Luigi's Mansion. Same thing with Xenoblade Chronicles. Like when Tokyo Mirage Session got announced for Switch, I'm like, I got to have this because now it gives a chance for more people to play. And I, I I'm happy to see that they never go well. And I think. This this may catch a little flag with Microsoft and Sony, but you know they have these big, they have their f- big triple uh, A style kind of games too, but they don't resonate well like Nintendo does. You know, some people be like, okay, I I got Game Pass, so I'll play Microsoft first party there, or you know, I get this game when it goes on sale for PlayStation. I wait for it to drop nineteen ninety nine. Where Nintendo is just like, I got to get this game. Or I won't get a chance to get it when it comes out, and it may be because of the collectors, and it may be because it's so much, so much of a physical thing that you want to have a nice, impressive library. Because if you trade it in, you probably gonna get some money, good money from GameStop, but you will realize that that trading is like forty four some dollars when you go back to go buy it. And it's not the same with Microsoft and Sony. If someone traded Gears, Gears Five, and I went to GameStop to buy that Gears Five, it's probably only fifteen dollars. You know, and they invested big money. But if I go in there, I I want to get Bayonetta too. Bayonetta two is forty four some dollars. Be like, wait, what? <laughs> and then I probably won't even get Bayonetta one because that's a digital code. So, you know, um, but what did you guys think? What one game are you happy to see that sold well? Like as a surprise, or just like, oh, I'm so happy it's on the list, kind of situation. Uh, um. Surprise or happy that it's on the list? Either one. Uh, mm-hmm. None of them are surprises. I mean, I knew Animal Crossing was going to be on this list. I'm looking at the report right now and the 3D All-Stars, Mario Kart 8. And then, like you were saying, Ed, with the gems being closed, the Ring Fit Adventure. Oh, I yeah. was, yeah, I was actually shocked with... Um, Animal Crossing being big on it because a more adults play Animal Crossing. And I remember selling Animal Crossing on 3DS. Like it was, they did about five, four million on 3DS. And this quadrupled the sales. So I'm shocked. Um, I guess, do you think it's because, okay, so when Animal Crossing came out, the first one on GameCube, I was about 13 or 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if now, a lot of us, you were saying adults are playing it. Well, well, you said people like your mom play it too. So older, older generations are playing it as well. So, hmm. Um, I, a lot of people who jumped on Animal Crossing this year, um, it's their first time playing it as a series. Because uh, I've been with Animal Crossing since the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... 
I wasn't with the the handheld ones uh, because it was just like I I don't know. So Animal Crossing didn't do it for me for a handheld. It was just like I I stuck with this game since it was console, and I only want to play the console versions because I got the Wii one and I had the uh, I didn't get the Wii U one with the uh, with the Game Board one. But I. <laughs> But I mean, it came, I, like Celeste said, though, it came out at the perfect time, and it was the driving force behind sw- people buying Switches. Like, out of my group of friends, I was really the only one who played Switch. And now I know about three or four couples that bought Switches just to play Animal Crossing when they were in quarantine. Um, you know, so I think, I, I, I mean, the pandemic definitely helped out with the Animal Crossing sales, but... Um, you know, it, it is a game that does cater to young, old, our age, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, what about hey, you, David? And to jump in really quick, yeah. Uh, first of all, shout out to Ed for writing an awesome article about Nintendo's business practices, uh, which I feel like connects a lot with what we're talking about right now. Um, so people should go check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, getting back to this idea of comparing Xbox to Nintendo, I, I think one thing that Nintendo's always done, and people kind of love them or hate them for that, is they prioritize gameplay over story. And so people's connections to Nintendo's, you know, IPs is the experience they had playing it rather than to a particular story. And so, you know, that often, you know, transcends or I, I feel like creates a deeper bond to that game because they remember mm-hmm. the fun they had with their friends or, you know, staying up late playing Mario Party or whatever. And so I, I think it does have people craving to get that experience again. And so there is this fierce loyalty to Nintendo titles that we don't see other companies develop. And, and I think that's worth pointing out with these sales numbers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So uh, I was going to say, okay, too, like, uh, just to piggyback off of that, like Nintendo is still putting care into some of their um, first party IPs. And one mm-hmm. of the one of the things I saw in that sales report that surprised me the most was Splatoon sales going up 62% this quarter. And I think it's because they keep doing these splat fests and more and more people are catching on and their online is getting better. So they're still able to sell this game that came out in what, 2017, 18. Um, and they do it well because they prioritize what they do and they want to make it the best game they can. Right, and we even and I still fight for um, arms because it, as a new IP, it did what one point five or two some million sales, and I hopefully hopefully they do another two, and that created co- a community, and I think that's one thing that Nintendo's game has done that they have created all of these communities that pretty much most of the communities have united and stuff you know you have people who do and who love animal crossing where there are some people who are in the animal crossing who loves kirby and yoshi's crafter world and stuff like that people who like fire emblem and stuff they love smash uh we pretty much all love the mario games um and we all love the uh we all love the Zelda games, and we want to see Metroid succeed. You know, look at the community for Metroid. Metroid is big that, you know, people don't give credit to. Yeah, 
they have some ups and some downs, but like, look how me, how much people are asking Nintendo, please put out the Metroid trilogy. It didn't put out Metroid 4. So we could get both of those games up to a million. Because look, when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, I think it's probably going to be uh it's gonna be a big seller, but I think it's probably I have a feeling that within this lifetime, I feel like that thing is gonna be like 25 million sales. With Breath of the Wild 2. If Nintendo could do it right, and we're gonna pre- we're gonna guess how much Hyrule Warriors Warriors done. If they are writing big and they get this game as almost another perfect 10 that almost changes the genre again, uh that make us big that can I have climbing <laughs> in every game and stuff. If they fix some of the problems and it comes out to be like a perfect 10 again, that game is going to sell. You know, um, and you know, I'm coming to David and Celeste to be like, okay, what are you guys doing? What's the story? What did you think? Is it dark? Is it light? Where did we go? <laughs> and, and everything. Uh, so let's predict how do we think Hyrule Warriors is going to sell? And I have some thoughts about this. I, I said that it, it'll probably do three million. Um, and it's not because of the franchise. I think what's going to hurt it is because of the genre. The Warrior games don't really sell that well, but because Zelda is attached to it, it will sell well. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, David, I'm going to start with you. Well, what's the time frame? Three million over how long? Three million within a year. Okay, so we got one year. Yes. Um. <laughs> Okay, so I was I was trying to give some thought to this because Breath of the Wild sold a little over 19 million copies, I believe. I believe those mm-hmm. are the right numbers. Um, so I figure if half the people that played Breath of the Wild uh, by Age of Calamity, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, 9 million maybe, right? And then you also have to figure in the quarantine effect. I mean, I think there's, as we already said, there's no way that Animal Crossing is as successful as it has been without quarantine. Now, that's also a stress-relieving game um, as opposed to a stress-inducing game with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. But um, I I still think there'll be a little bump there. So I'm going to guess, and this might be a bit high, but I, I think between 10 and 12 million when all things are said and done in a year. Wow. Five is my favorite number, so I'm going to go with five million. <laughs> kind of a middle ground of that. I like it's like you were saying, and, and people people are either going to buy this because they are interested in the story, they're going to buy this because they truly are interested in a this style of game, or they're going to buy it not having really a clue what they're getting into. I think there are those people whose parents will just say, oh, I've, I've seen this blonde-haired guy on games before. <laughs> my, kid, my kid might like this. But uh, I definitely think Breath of the Wild is going to outsell Age of Calamity. And now, bringing a little bit of our Boss Rush Games chat, I haven't played the demo. I'm holding out. I'm going in blind. Good, good day. (laughs) I've been been holding strong. uh, I've had urges. (laughs) uh, I'm off the week of Thanksgiving, so I'm going to have some time to play it. But Laron was saying the demo has frame rate issues. So Ed and David, you guys played the demo, right? Yes. So 
how are these frame rate issues? Is this, are these make it or break it problems? I encountered no frame rate issues and I played it dot on my TV because I wanted to see how crisp and clear this game was. It was running smooth for me. I had a smooth, like 30 frames, it may be 60, but I have a, I had a smooth frame rate. I had nothing drop. I had nothing clip. I was running fast, running around, being able to switch and everything. So maybe because he played it in handheld, it may be problems, but in dot, I, mine was good to go. I had no problems. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, I I didn't uh, I didn't encounter too many issues with that. I, I know some people get really upset about frame rate issues. I, I've never cared a whole lot about it. as long as it didn't interfere with my gameplay. Like you know, when it really slows down, that obviously is frustrating. But if there's a little hitch here and there, I, if I'm having fun playing the game, I, I just don't care about that. But then again, I'm a, I'm a Switch owner and not you know PS5 owner, so you know <laughs> maybe that's why. Uh, what about you, Daniel? Now, and we we didn't touch on the mobile uh, sales, but go ahead, Daniel. Touch on the mobile sales. Okay. Uh, first, I think Age of Calamity is going to be oh. right around three million. Um, I'm I'm going low. I think um, I think it's not really a parents going to buy their kids kind of game, um, and I, you know, I think that not a lot of people are big into the warriors franchise but then again i don't know i'm back and forth on it with um <laughs> with how much it's going to sell too because i'm probably underestimating how much people love breath of the wild too so i i know every switch owner i know is going to get it so we'll see yeah i think a lot of the zelda fan base is going to get it because um Hyrule Warriors sold, I think, a million or two or million, million and a half. It, it when it first came out, it did eight hundred thousand copies its first week. Oh, um, wow. yeah, and people because people laughed at it. They'd be like a Warriors game in the Zelda franchise. What is this? Like everybody saw that Nintendo Direct and was just like, "What is this craziness?" And then the game came out and. Pretty much all social media could talk about was that game. Like I played it to the end. I'm glad they that they got rid of the timer. And it's such an original game that the storyline fits into the time. It, it it could fit into the timeline of Zelda if you wanted to. But it's it's so good. And even if it doesn't fit or it's not canon, Toby, uh, Toby. Uh, Kobe Tecmo and Nintendo wrote a fantastic story, and you kind of love all the characters that it is in. So, um, so but uh, go ahead, uh, Dan, with the uh, mobile numbers. Yeah, so just kind of, I was looking at the um, sales sheet as well, and uh, Nintendo had talked about basically giving up on producing anything new when it came to their mobile um their mobile franchises and it kind of seemed like they were just going to throw in the towel on it all together. But after looking at this, um, you know, in uh, 2020, they did uh 26.7 billion yen and it's up 33.9%, which is huge. Um, and most of their mobile just comes from, you know, their profits come from microtransactions. Mm -hmm. So um, I just found it interesting because I don't know anybody who plays their mobile games. Um, 
I people look at me like I'm crazy when I say I play Mario Kart Tour. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think I thought I was like the last one, but to see these um, numbers going so high, it, it, it's just impressive. People are still playing Dragalia Lost and Fire Emblem on mobile. Fire and Emblem people, was their number one, right? Yeah, and people would spend the money to get a certain character if they have to, and they they end up low. Like people still playing Dragalia Lost and like posting saying that they're playing it. It's like it's so weird. And you would think that Nintendo wouldn't get into the mobile space, um, due to the successful nature of 3ds, um, and their handhelds. And stuff like it's still I think it's still historic to see Shirigo uh Miyamoto Shigeru Miyamoto come out on the Apple stage and print present Super Mario Run. You know, it was just like, oh wow, this is cool. Or even when they had their uh their little app thing that was kind of like uh uh the weak characters and you could talk to people and buy outfits and wear stuff. I cannot think of it. Uh uh, the, the, I mean, it's, they took it down and stuff, but like people was playing that for a while, and you know, taking pictures to see the memes and stuff like that. So Nintendo kind of had a successful space in mobile. Um, right now, I think now because of the successful nature of Switch, they don't need it. You know. Yeah, but you know, a phone is something that everybody already has, so you might as well throw an app on it, right? <laughs> yeah, that is um, true. Yeah, I mean, do you guys play any of the mobile games, or have you? I don't play any mobile games actually. <laughs> I'm weird. I, I wonder how. In- oh. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna say I tried Mario Kart Tour and it just wasn't for me. <laughs> I'm glad I, it's I, there. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't do Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, so I didn't play that. Um, I didn't try none. I haven't tried none of their mobile games because uh, I'm kind of like I'm basic. I'll be I'll play solitary on that mug for years, <laughs> or crosswords on my phone. Yeah. Um, I I think if I, it was because of the power of the 3ds that I took my 3ds and was playing games on there, and it was just like I would get a better experience playing my games on 3ds, um, with my forty dollar game than I would on a mobile thing, especially when sometimes you're trying to touch something and it don't react right or I get a phone call when I'm trying to beat something or a message and, or anything it's just like I'd rather not deal with any of that I'm going to collect these Pokemon and I'm going to battle and grind and have my fun I'm going to play Dragon Quest 8 and like go through that whole story I I think I have like a bigger and grander experience on my handheld from Nintendo than I did on the phone so, and if I wanted to play Fire Emblem, I had Awakening. I had um, the other ones that came out for it. Uh, like, I, I brought all the ones that came for 3DS. Um, so, you know. And then there was a Bandai Namco game uh, that had... Uh, no, that was I think that was DS. It had uh, the Pokemon uh, characters with a, like, a Shogun Master or something. Uh, that was a, a grid-based uh, turn RPG. I have to find it. Um, I had that to play and everything. So I didn't really do mobile neither on it, to be honest. So, well, everybody, that has been us in Doc Mode. We're going to get into our last section play with power. So, Dan, what have you been playing with power? Um, so I am trying to play Dragon Quest. Um, 
I figured it's I want to play a RPG right now, so I've been kind of chipping away at Dragon Quest for a little bit. I'm really trying to get into it. Um, it's not working out so far, <laughs> so I'm playing that. Um, I'm still playing Fire Emblem, and I also picked up uh, Evergate, and I've been playing that again, um, which is a really fun indie game. And also, I've thrown in this other indie game called Nexomon. Um, yes. Have you played that? I have it, but uh, I haven't started it yet. Uh, but I brought it. I- I'm ready. I'm ready to play it. Okay. It's like, so for those who haven't played it, it's kind of, it- it's an indie game that's like Pokemon. It has very clever writing, and it's actually a very good challenge. Um, I think my biggest drawback with Pokemon is it's just too easy, and it makes it very boring for me. Um so this game actually presents a challenge and it makes me laugh. Um, so I've been having fun with that as well. All right. David, what have you been playing with power? So I uh, replayed Phantom Hourglass recently and beat that so I could uh, write about that game a little bit, which um, the first time I played the DS games, I just hated them, and I've, I've been completely won over. I, I love Phantom Hourglass this time, and I have now started playing through Spirit Tracks, um, hoping to do uh, have a better experience with that one this time. So I've been doing that, which is great, uh, and my kids um, love playing Fortnite with me, so we're, we're continuing to do that as well. And I picked up a Wii U recently, um, and so I've been playing Wind Waker HD on there as well. So. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. So f- it's it's so funny that you mentioned Wind Waker HD. Uh, when that game came out, all people, all the adults, the dads, and the moms had their kids playing it for the first time. And it's the- great. My daughter's playing through too. <sighs> I remember that game just coming up for you for GameCube and mm-hmm. I remember that they laughed at this game and they were upset in Meta E3 and the game came out and took Game of the Year. Like that's people hated the cell shading. That was that was like a big controversy was the animation and the cell shading, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Breath of the I think Zelda is the only franchise that have taken most Game of the Year awards. I think it took four. Wind Waker Link Between Worlds, Breath of the Wild, and I think Twilight Princess took it. No, Ocarina of Time took it. Ocarina of Time, probably. I, I don't remember, but that would be my guess. I, uh, Twilight Princess did win a game of the year, though. Did it? Goodness. Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay. Uh, what about um, Majora's Mask? Did that take it? No. Mm, no, that's that's more like of a. I mean, it's popular among Zelda fans in general, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like a cult, just classic. Yeah. Kinda, it's like you know? it's a black sheep of the family. I love it. I, Me too. I, I adore it. But it's not. If someone who had never, who has never played Zelda, would come up to me and say, "Celeste, what should be my first Zelda game?" I would save Majora's Mask for later <laughs> because it's not like the other games. I love it. It's brilliant. I would. I would give them a disclaimer with that. Okay, it's not like the other Zelda games. It's awesome, but it, it. I think I think to start someone off in the Zelda games, I think I will say Wind Waker. Um, 
to start with that one because even though it's still modern, you get an idea of the flow of what the Zelda franchise is. Because if I can't tell them one, and I definitely can't tell them two because two is not localized, right? I can't tell them one because they don't tell you what to do in one. One is just like you get the sword, good luck fighting where you need to go. <laughs> I think, I think, you know. Get, with Wind Waker, you they give you some good directions. They teach you on how to use the weapons and things like that. Um, the selling is not that bad, but it's just like you get into these different islands and these different worlds, and you're in and just engaging in it. You love everything. I love swinging on the dragon's tail while he <laughs> is in the uh, you know, to de- defeat the uh, the boss and stuff. And it's just like it's so creative that game is. It's very whimsical. Um, yes. Um, and then when you finally get a chance to beat that bird, <laughs> who is a nuisance. The Hummerock like, King. <laughs> yes. And like the way that you stealth, and I think it's a good mixture of adventure and comedy. It's still mm-hmm. one of the best fights that Nintendo has ever done is that is the Frozen Knights when you get the sword and you fight in all 12 of them. Uh, I still love that fight to, to this, this day. Um, and then if, if you want to go... Oh, go ahead. Celeste. I was just going to say, it's it's so good. Yeah. And then I'll say probably try Minish Cap or try Link's Awakening. Um, it, but if... I want to say Ocarina of Time due to the fact to understand what Z-targeting is oh, and wow. why... Yeah, and why that has become kind of a staple in a lot of video games in general. So helpful. I, I, you know, I'm gonna. I would have to go with Z Tar. I'm not Z Tar. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm thinking of it. It's gonna be Z targeting. The Legend of Z targeting. I would have to go. Gosh, I, I don't know. And I'm tired. I'm torn between Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time because Ocarina of Time just. So good. Or went to the past. Oh man, I don't know. I have to just play them all. How about that? Yes. Just play all the Zelda games. I think I, could... I think it's the okay. it's the Zelda that has the same like if you play Ocarina, you can play any other Zelda game because mm-hmm. you know how to use I mean it teaches you all the weapons. It kinda has that same syllabus as like the other Zelda games where you have to find the three things and then the Master Sword, then the next five things. Um I think it's like the gateway drug to Zelda games. <laughs> Ocarina of Time puts me in a uh in a good emotional mood because you get to the tr- when you get to the first dungeon, you're in the tree and just going from there like as a kid to adult it was just like everything in that game makes me feel emotional it makes me feel like i could get through this i feel i feel great when i be able to make this challenge or i'm scared because that hand's dropping i need to run i'm like oh that this this little monster thing is freezing me oh i got caught by the hand no and and it's just like the anticipation when you're sneaking out of garuda's village with all the ladies and just making sure that you get away it's such an emotional game and to this very day i still love it you know, I still think it's a perfect scene. I wouldn't change nothing about that game at all. Uh, what would you, what would you have people play, David? 
their first Zelda game? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because over at Zelda Dungeon, we just did this feature, our yearly feature of best Zelda ever, where we have to rank all our Zelda games. And the one that always wins is Ocarina of Time. And I think Dan's probably right, but I actually, Ocarina of Time is not even in my top five. <laughs> I, I just, I we can't like, be friends anymore. I know. <laughs> I'm so just kidding. <laughs> on that game. And I just, anyway, so, but Dan's probably right. Like that, that seems to be the kind of game that lets you, it, the gateway drug is a great, you know, it, it is that. Um, so I would probably recommend that or Twilight Princess. I, I love Twilight Princess a lot. So. Uh. Twilight Prince is such a great gay. Um, and, and of course, we didn't miss a Skyward Sword, but I hold Skyward Sword to my heart, um, too, because of the characters in the world. And it's just like, I love I love the fact that Nintendo got to be very ex, um, experimental with it to let, allow us to have Breath of the Wild, in a sense. You know, I still think it's a great game. A lot of people don't like it, but it's just like, I, there's something about this that I love about this game. So, but yeah, uh, Celeste, what have you been playing with power? Coincidentally, Twilight Princess HD. I picked oh, it up yes. again. Yeah, I, I, a while back, we found a copy of it with the Link Wolf Amiibo for $9 at Walmart. <laughs> and I picked it up and I put it down and I picked it up again and I'm a the Goron Mines. I just got to the Goron Mines yesterday. And I, I forgot how bad I am at the King Bacoflin <laughs> <laughs> fight on the bridge. Um, I died it's a few hard. times. I was like, how did I get through this 14 years ago? Uh, did I did I die this many times? I, I don't know. It's I mean, it's still fun. I, I, I said a few choice words that I will not repeat on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been playing, and I I try to play a little bit of Animal Crossing every day. I'm pretty jealous. I haven't played Wind Waker, or Twilight Princess in so long, and I love those games. Uh, I once a Wind Waker cuts the Switch. It's I think that game is probably going to do about nine million. I think people are going to wow. rebuy that game. It's a, it's beautiful. Um, I, I was one of those people who was unhappy with cell shading until I played the game and fell in love with it. And one of my friends at the time said the reason they made it look that way was because Nintendo wanted it to look like you were playing through the eyes of a child. I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to look for the source for that. See if he was <laughs> if he was true. If it was if he was right. If this is true, but I can see that you're a 12 year old little boy on a great adventure and it. I, I think it reflects that with the graphics. It 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 the part where he's just like he's backing his eyes are wide and they do like they're about to go in, like he's just like I'm about to be sneaky and it does the zoom in <laughs> effect. It's just so like you love that. The um, little um sideling thing he does against the yeah. wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh Those my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you guys have ever have you guys ever seen the Emperor's New Groove? With Crunk, mm -hmm. yeah, I would, I would sing that little song he does <laughs> whenever I was playing as Link. Whenever people would see, <laughs> because Crunk sidles along the walls. <laughs> that mm. movie. Oh. What about well, you, Ed? For me, I've been playing Foregone, uh, getting further in that. I just beat the fifth boss 
uh, in that game. I was getting my tail kicked, but I beat the fifth boss. I got this a certain weapon, so I'm getting making further progress. Uh, I picked up every gate. Uh, Dan told me to uh, give it that try. It's ha- it's, it had been on my wish list for a long time, because ever since I've seen it, I'm like, I must have this gay. And Dan, I must have put like two hours in that game. And oh the bad God. thing about the bad thing about it is, is that it makes me wonder my collect everything uh, sensibility is in it, and I wanted to collect everything and I couldn't. So I was like, <laughs> I gotta make progress. I gotta, I gotta get this game going. Uh, but it's such a beautiful game. Um, it takes, it makes you think of Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, and some things, but it's a great kind of puzzle game. It's, it's very relaxing, not not really troubling. Um, play a little bit more Pikmin Three. Uh, just I I'm going to beat this game. I'm going to sit down and and literally play and be it. Uh, playing Breath of the Wild because I have one week left to get through this game. I gotta get it done. Uh, Pressure's next. on, Ed. It, it's you gonna so do it, Ed? I'm going to do it. I am literally <laughs> going to do it. Uh, I I, I got to get the rest of my shrines. I got to get my Zelda sword. Get the equip the stuff that I need to get to uh, Gerudo, not Gerudo. Uh, the Goron um, uh, volcano. Make sure that I got my rupees. Buy the outfit so I could you know do all of that. And then like literally beat that beat that section. And then go ahead and get Gana because. I I it's my goal to get through this game. I have had it for too long and I need it to get uh I need it to be done. Um what else did I play? Uh let's see, I play every gate, uh Pikmin 3, Breath of the Wild, Foregone, um Hades, I, I played um and I was just looking at some other stuff. I so Friday, <laughs> uh, side note, um, you guys. Well, before I get into that, uh, you guys remember how I just went on the list of indie games, uh, that one episode. Um, I did it. I did that with my physical with Leron and Dan <laughs> too, just showing up games and games. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> and it, it got me looking at my uh Switch games. I'm just like, oh, I need to play this. I need to play this. I need to start this. And I think once I finish Breath of the Wild. I'm going to go ahead and pick man. Um, I'm going to finish Three Houses and Fire Emblem Warriors um, because those games are on my list. I'm at, yeah, I'm at the end of uh, Tokyo Mirage session, but I got to get past this one section um, and then just end up beating that game. So, um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, even though this is on the Nintendo console, but I didn't play it on there. I played Mega Man Three uh, and I streamed it, and I. Wow, that gay. <laughs> uh, I have to remember some stuff. Be like, who, how do I beat this? How do I do this? So that's the uh, that's the stuff that I have been playing with power. Um, so, but everybody, that is going to be our show. Um, I will say this. Um, when you guys watch this, um, this is the way to enter the contest um, with it. You know, we want you guys uh, give us a, 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 a iTunes rating. Uh, let us know, write a description of what you love about the show. Uh, show us uh, that you subscribe, show a picture. And uh, the first three who do it, you guys will be attached to one of our teammates. And if that teammate wins, you get a chance to win uh, 
a ten dollar e shop card with them. It's gonna be really fun. Like I said, LeBron and Dan got to test it, and they uh, hopefully you guys have fun. Uh, so that is going to we're gonna uh, next episode give out more details in case if you guys didn't get it all. Um, you can email us at nintendopoblock at gmail dot com and everything to like ask us questions or get more info if you need um the all the stories that we did and our snack tendo stuff let us know what you guys are um doing also you can follow us on at on twitter at Podblock um podcast on at twitter um so that's where can we find you you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fairy Crypt. And I'm also with another Zelda podcast. I'm also with Boss Rush Games and a few different shows. So check us out over there. Yes. Um, Dan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at DCDM99. And check us out on www.bossrushgames.com. All of us are putting out a lot of articles lately, and they're all great. Um, and you'll see our other podcasts on there as well. Yes. David, where can we find you? I'm at David Lasby on Twitter. Um, you can also find my articles over on Zelda Dungeon, and I'm also a contributor on The Mighty, and then uh, our, our podcast that Dan and Sloss and I are doing together. So, Yes. You guys can find me on Twitter at That Retro Code. You can check out Optional Opinion. Um, SoundCloud, other podcast apps. Check out Boss Rush Podcast on um, our YouTube and our Boss Rush Games. Like Dan said, we got a lot of articles um, going out, so do read that. Um, we are pushing back the history of Monster Hunter to December, so you guys will be able to check that one out. Check out Talk the Walk. We have discussed Soma, and this month we are playing Everything. Everything's Gone to the Rapture. Um, for our book club this month, we are playing Iconoclast, so you guys can try that out. It's on Switch. Um, Xbox, I think it's on Xbox, but I'm not sure. Um, but it's on PC and it's definitely on PS4, so you guys could uh try that out. Uh, check out um Arsenal X, check out Crossroads on their respectable uh YouTube pages. Crossroads is going to be on Exodus 803. Um, that's our PlayStation podcast, and Arsenal X has their own YouTube page and uh Twitter account that you guys can also check out. With that, everybody, we want you to have a great week. Have a great weekend. Continue to play some Nintendo games. Get some good snacks. Uh, and just enjoy everything. Get ready for Hyrule Warriors. And get ready for when we uh, do our quiz show. Because it's going to be fun. With that, everybody, we will see you next time on Nintendo uh, Power Block. Bye, everybody. Woohoo!